fact, as I was pondering what the Lord wanted me to share today, there was a warm feeling uh, that came over me that it was great to be in this place. And I really enjoy coming here and spending time with you and, and sensing the Lord together. Last week, Pastor Doug began a three-week series on I Am Second, reflecting on the impact of perfection and the story of Sean Johnson, uh, an all-time Olympian. As Sean revealed in her journey that you watched last week, um, as she competed on such a high level, uh, through her experience, she was able to grow also spiritually and understand the importance of placing Christ first, herself second, and then realize that she is loved unconditionally from a heavenly father that encourages her to be her best, but loves her in spite of her flaws. Although we as humans have a hard time, we really do, understanding unconditional love. We are always loved by a savior, a friend that never leaves our side. What a great feeling. And all as you know, as we place our lives in the hands of this master, this wonderful friend, knowing that he will always make a way for us, um, it's great to know, even when we slip and fall, that he's going to pick us back up. To me, that's perfection. That's perfection when we have a Heavenly Father that can do that for us. You know, and it's hard, but to think, you know, I am second and he is first. Today we look at another Olympian, Moral Wade Ekinson. Uh, let's listen to her testimony this morning because she has something to also talk about, about becoming second but also knowing the importance of the community that surrounds her. They'd be like, she's really fast, or she runs track. That was always the adjective or the description that came after the introduction of me. <coughs> I liked being that person. And then all of a sudden, it was completely stripped away from me, and I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know who am I. Every training cycle is about figuring out how can I break my body. Texas sun, 100 degrees. If you put your hands or knees on the track, you'll probably get burned. You're crossing the finish line and your teammates are pulling you off the ground and then the next rep, you're pulling them off the ground. And then we strength train a whole bunch of Olympic lifts, power cleans, box jumps, front squats, back squats, sled pulls. We push ourselves to the limit, breaking your body apart and coming back the next day and doing it over and over again. In 2016, when we were at the Olympic Games and we were running the prelim of the women's 4x100 relay, our second to third leg dropped the baton. I was standing there at the anchor leg waiting to receive a baton that was not coming to me. And in that moment, I had that thought of like, wow, I've trained what feels like your whole life for a moment that now seemed to be gone and stripped from me within the blink of an eye. So it takes you to a place of realizing that you have to make what you do worth it. As the story goes, we got to rerun and run by ourselves and 
we made the final and we came away with a gold medal in the 4x100 relay. I was ecstatic, I was on top of the world. But I was coming back to Austin, Texas, knowing that I wanted my life to look different. I didn't want to be the same college girl. I didn't want to keep being around those same group of people. I didn't want to keep partying. I didn't want to, to continue being that person. But I was also scared. I was scared of feeling alone and lonely and not having anyone and not knowing what I was going to do next. I got invited by my friend, Emmanuel Acho. He'd actually be mad at me for saying friend, by my best friend, Emmanuel Acho, to come to a game night. And I was hesitant at first and I was like, okay, I'll come to this game night. And I walked into a room full of people who were complete strangers to me, but that was going to become my new spiritual community, a community of people who have very little in common besides our love for game nights and our love for Jesus, who were going to become exactly what I needed. On January 27, 2018, at the end of a race, I ran into a wall stopping and completely ruptured my Achilles tendon. The Achilles is the strongest tendon in the human body and you need it to do literally everything. Walk, jump, crawl, climb stairs, stand up, sit down. I had it surgically repaired, but like I was being told, hey, you might never be the same runner that you were ever again. This may be a career ending injury for you. I was like angry at God at the sense of, I thought this is what I was supposed to be doing. And if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, then like, why did you take it away from me? My identity was built in track and field. All of a sudden it was completely stripped away from me and I didn't know who am I. I'm so independent and used to doing everything completely on my own. And I was at a point where I had to learn to ask for help. And that was, it was tough, but I was right where I needed to be. For the first time, I realized that I was surrounded by people who believed in me. And not only did they believe in me, they believed that God had a plan for my life and that he was still going to be faithful through it all. I'd never been in a place where every single one of my people that I hung out with and talked to were someone that I could also be like, hey, I need you to pray for this. And they actually would, not just say that they would. And it also made me realize that this is why we're supposed to live our lives together like this so that when one person in your community is hurting or has fallen or can't fight their battle on their own, that you have 10 or 15 or five or three or 25 people there who will step up and fight the battle for them that they can't fight for themselves. And that was the beginning of me really picking myself up and putting myself back together. Just because something happened that steered me away from what I thought was the path of least resistance doesn't mean that God changed, doesn't mean this plan for my life had changed, it just means that I had to go through a little bit of something first. I've realized that I've been in a tough situation that I didn't think that I could make it out of or I was so unsure of how I was gonna make it out of and I look back at it and I was like, wow, that was really easy and it was God's hand in all of it.
Prior to my injury, I was always focused on breaking my body down. And now I had to focus on putting my body back together. When I get on the track, it's like, you did not wake up today to be mediocre. That's the talk that I'm giving to myself. You can do this, you only have one more rep. Take it every 50 meters. I wore my IM second bracelet. It would always just be there as like a, you're not doing this for you. This is not your thing that you're doing and like you have to keep going. I think the sweetest part of community is the ability to be vulnerable with people and let them see your true self and who you really are. And without Jesus Christ, I would not be who I am, I would not be where I am, and I would not be doing what I'm doing. Everything in my life has become solely because of who Jesus is and who he continues to be. My name is Morla K. Kennison and I am second. I must tell you, I watched the video quite a few times over and over preparing for today. Great series, great series. I was touched how the Lord used her gifts and her injury to show her the importance of her faith and being part of a community. I would imagine if I asked you to raise your hands, uh, or even online if you were thinking about this, most of you would say that you've had a lesson or two in your life where you've learned great lessons in the valleys that you are going through about walking in faith, but you've also seen how the community, the community that God's chosen for you, has been there for you, literally to carry you through, to pick you up. Think about that for just a moment. Was the experience you went through so devastating that you thought you would never see the light at the end of the tunnel? Think about those that impacted your life over the years, those that strengthened you, that also gave you the, you know, the concept of what faith was and how it built you up, uh, how you were able to see the Lord working through them for you. How did you experience uh, that change? And what happened to you afterwards, after you went through that valley and you started to come back and you saw how God was able to use that experience? Moral Lake was changed. And amazingly, is stronger today because of the community and her faith in Jesus Christ. She's learned to be second and give her life to the Lord. When I was about 15 years old, I um, was part of a very, very small youth group. There was about five of us. And at the time, I was also going to high school and kind of involved in the new youth, the youth group that was kind of going into drugs at the time. And I have to tell you, friends, if it had not been 
for the community of that youth group, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be called. I wouldn't have stood here also. I kept those friends because it's hard when you get to high school and you make friends and then trying to change up to another group. It's just really hard. But God used that time, that small youth group. And people say, oh, you know, it's just a little small youth group. Well, they were my community. They were the ones that gave me the support. They were the ones that I discovered about Jesus Christ. That was why I accepted Christ and moved into that part of my life. And that's how God then called me into ministry. It was just the beginning of that journey. But it was that youth group. It was those guys that stuck with me through thick and thin. They were my community. You know what the hardest part of the sermon today is? That Doug only gave me 10 minutes to talk. I mean, that's really always hard for me. But I started to think about what could I tell you in less than seven minutes that maybe could impact you and, and help you like it's helped me even watching that clip. So I, I looked into the word and I asked the Lord to speak to me and I found scripture today that really speaks volumes. And so listen to the scripture. I'm using the Good News volume um, Bible, but this is also, I think, the NIV. But let me read this to you. Ecclesiastics 4, 9 to 12 says this. Two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there is no one to help him. If it is cold, two can sleep together and stay warm, but can you keep warm by yourself? Two men can resist an attack that would defeat one man alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. Through my life, just like many of you, I have experienced many things, just like Morrow Lake. But I've experienced rejection as a youth. I went through infertility for years. I went through unemployment for a couple years. Had cancer, been through divorce. I've had challenges. I've been accused of things that I did not do, to name just a few. Been through all that too. I'm old now, so I get to have all those experiences behind me and probably some new ones ahead. But I'm no different than you. You've all had those ups and downs of life. And to think God has a great sense of humor, he called me a pastor. I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. Yet, through it all, I found like Marl Lake, without the challenges, I would have never been able to find the strength that came through Jesus Christ and yes, that community that's around me. Never could have done it. Never could have done it. How many of you have ever taken the time to read the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs? How many have read Proverbs? Okay, it's a really good book, full of little, little quotes. I love this one. Um, Long life is the reward of righteousness. Gray hair is a glorious crown. Did you know that? Gray hair is a glorious crown. Boy, without hair dye, I would have some crown. I would have some crown. 
but a dear friend of mine in Bible study over the years, this has been her favorite, and she says it so often, people learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. People learn from each other, and that includes Christians. We're here to help each other, to be a community. Mara Lake realized that the life she had been living was missing something. She didn't want to go back to her old ways, and she was determined to find something that would be better than what she had. And look how God prepared her. He put her in a place of community. He put her in a place that enjoyed friendships, and they were very different. I've been in youth, I've been in youth groups, and I've been in Bible studies where everyone that enters the door is very, very different. Yet, the thing we have in common is Jesus Christ. And so it is so neat to see how the Lord works that. And so think about her. He prepared her. He put her into a community, and then she had the injury. But then she found out who would stick with her, who would give her that encouragement. Even if there was a chance, she would never run again. For over 50 years, I've had the privilege and still do being part of an amazing community of believers. Freakness, even though we don't have a building anymore, we still have a community. And even if they don't like what I call Jane games, by the way, I believe in games, I love games, Pastor Doug and I have that in common, and, and so we would always have Jane games when we were a Preakness, but one of the greatest things about Preakness and one thing about Wayne Presbyterians, you have each other. You have each other to lift you up, to get you through, to encourage you through that time. And we've had a tough 16 or 18 months, have we not? And we need to be encouraged a whole different way than we used to be. Yet that's the Lord, because it says, you know, when there's three chords, that's you, me, and Christ. Combined together, we can get through anything. I was trying to think about community and one of my greatest memories of community to share with you today, because I bet you all have great stories to tell. Mine was in December of 2005, and I had just had surgery to remove what was um, a cancerous tumor in my appendix. And so I went in for appendicitis, and lo and behold, they said, guess what? We took out your appendix, but there was a cancerous tumor in there. And so we have to send you back in, and we've got to take about a third of your colon in order for us to be able to save you the rest of your life. We have to take out that first part. And so I was nervous, but I was a minister. And that was the year that Preakness had decided to have this wonderful Christmas angel project. And we were going to share Christmas with a family in our church who had never really experienced Christmas like we do, opening packages and all. They were a large family, had very little income. They were part of our community, and we wanted to give them this Christmas they would never forget. And so we had this big project, and like all Advent seasons with ministers, there's all these projects. This was our big one. And I was told Jane, you're going to go into surgery on December 1st, but you can't go back to church. You can't sing in the cantata. You can't be a pastor for the month of December. Can you imagine December, full month? And to think, you know, I was, I knew, I thought, I'm the glue that's going to keep this all together. They need me at Preakness. I've got to be able to do this. 
But I had to sit back and I had to sit in my lazy boy chair, which is not easy for me, and I had to watch. And that day, I saw how the Lord took the community of Preakness and every one of them stepped forward. Everyone took part of that community for the whole season. And years later, a little old lady that was really close to me, she was 102 when she passed, she said, Jane, you've got to learn that you've got to let us do also because you're taking away our joy. Because I already knew that the joy was to serve. And when you serve, you feel the joy of Christ. She said, you can't take our joy. This was our chance to share joy. And so I had to sit there and kind of watch that. But boy, did I grow and I learned through that experience. And I saw Christ move in amazing, amazing ways. And maybe that's why now, even though I'm, quote, retired, still have home Bible studies. I have a youth group that came over yesterday, had an open house from 2 to 6 because they all worked different schedules. They all came in and out for four hours. Wonderful day. But, you know, that's why the community is so important, not only for each of us, but for me as a pastor, even a retired pastor. So how about each of us today? Have we realized that we're not in this alone? Have we realized that we're not in this alone? That Christ gives us a community to support and encourage. Not only Wayne, but here at Wayne Presbyterian. You are a community. You're here for a reason. God has chosen you to be a family. And when we ultimately trust our Savior, who is our best friend, by the way, our friend Jesus, he does guide us, and he does give us the right people at the right time to go through the valleys and then get to the mountainside. A good friend of mine said to me, the mountaintop is great, but very few are up there. Most people are down in the valley. So you don't want to hang up there too long, Jane. Kind of come back with the people. Be the community. As I was gathering this past Thursday with our Healing Hands and Heart women's group, I realized this year, 2021, the community is a gift from the Lord, not only for myself, but the women that are part of that group. And as I looked around that group on Thursday, I realized the community, the 12 of us, we've been together quite a while. We've had a rough year. We've had death of husbands, and we've had death of um, brothers and sisters. Some have had depression, anxiety. We've all had that. But one thing we had in common was Jesus Christ. And we could get through anything because we had Christ and each other. And we love the Lord. We encourage each other. And they used to say, they always say to me, but Pastor Jane, you spend all this time with us. What do you get from it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, friends. I get so much and more because that's how I'm fed. That's how I'm able to get stronger to go to the next day. And so I encourage that. Thanksgiving and Christmas are around the corner. Scary, but true. Life surely has been challenging through COVID, for individuals, for families, and yes, for the church. The church has gone through a lot too. But we are strong because of Christ, because of each other. And so I encourage you as a community to, you know, whether you have to wear a mask, have to be social distance, do it on Zoom, be a community. I love your seniors here. They're always getting together. I always get reminders from Rose, you know, Wednesday you get together on Zoom. You're always going out to eat, my kind of people. 
my kind of people. But just like Morrow Lake, we uh, need that community to get through. High school, really important to have friends. You don't need a bunch of friends, one or two really close friends that are going to get you through the hard days because everybody has hard days. Go the extra mile, friends. Be the Olympians of 2021, working together as one. You're going to have struggles. We're going to go through health issues. We're going to have relationship problems. We're going to have financial problems. We're going to be lonely at times. But let's live out the scripture together. Two are better than one because together they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help them up. But if somebody is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there is no one to help them. Remember, a rope made of three cords is hard to break. Reach out. Share what you have. Don't hold it. Give it away. And remember, three cords. Not just one, not two, but three. United with Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the testimony of Mara Lake and the countless lessons she learned in even her young life already. May they be lessons that we too have not only learned, but because of them we take action each and every day. Keep our eyes and our hearts open to being your community, whether in our families, whether in our friendships, whether in our church, or whether even with a stranger, Lord, that comes our way. May we reach out and share all that you've given us, not just a portion, but give it all, putting you first. And may we, in return, place our life, its direction, and our tomorrows in your care. Thank you for those that you've placed in our life and give us the strength and wisdom, understanding and guidance from above. We give all to you. May we remember that we are second and you always come first. Amen.